Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the seventh episode of Tech Talks. Thank you for coming to our Tech Talk. Today, it's just me, Angie's out sick, but I'll be interviewing four different people who are involved with the Junior Play Festival and the film shown that night. The first people we'll be talking to are seniors Brandon and Alicia, who are a part of the music video film, Anyone. And then after that, we will be talking to the directors for the two Junior Play Festival plays, Adam and Deirdre, who directed Amazing Lemonade Girl and Horse Girls. First up, I have seniors Brandon and Alicia talking about the Tech Tracks film, Anyone. Why don't we start with you two telling us a bit about yourselves? Brandon, do you want to start? Sure. Hello, I'm Brandon. I'm a senior at the Academy for Performing Arts. The only interesting thing about me is that the color orange is great. Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm also a senior at the Academy for Performing Arts, and I really like jewelry. (laughs) Okay, the very first thing I want to do, why don't you explain what the film Anyone is about? Give people context on what we're about to talk about. The film is Anyone. It's based off a Demi Lovato song Mm -hmm. in a zombie apocalypse, but these zombies are partially human-like. They still have human thoughts well partially only mm-hmm. me from what i've seen but <laughs> alicia well alicia's character or alicia because there's they're named the same thing same thing is a survivor in this apocalypse and finds a little girl and they go on an adventure to find tom's house and yes and we do eventually and everything's all good but the little girl has this little bunny rabbit thing yeah it gets retrieved by a zombie who ends up being actually very nice and gets her rabbit back and her grandpa yeah. in the story. I think that gives <laughs> enough context on what we're about to delve into. So the first question I want to start off with is what was your favorite part about filming? Hmm. Favorite part about filming? I really liked working with Kira, my co-star. She's so cute. So adorable. To clarify, Kira is this adorable seven-year-old who is the baby sister of one of the other Academy seniors, Elena Rodenborn. Yes, she made the whole thing, like, very enjoyable. Just seeing her work, as small as she is, she was a really good sport about everything, so... Me personally, you probably have to be trying to exercise to stay warm because me and most of the zombies were very underdressed and it was like 20 degrees. So exercising before the camera started rolling was probably the greatest moment. You see, Alicia has already jumped ahead of me because my next question was going to be filming with non-Academy kids, a.k.a. the adorable Kira. Mm -hmm. But we could still at least hear from Brandon on that. Mm -hmm. I had very few scenes with Kira, but she seemed like really nice. She was very entertaining, but during Zombie Day, some of the Academy friends, they were nice to meet and hang around. Aside from the seniors that I'm so used to being around all the time, I met some juniors, and they were really, really cool. I hope I can work with them again somehow. I don't know, but I I enjoyed being around them, too. Do you two want to talk a little bit more on what this Zombie Day you're mentioning is? There was a day, I believe it was February 26th, Mm -hmm. right? And basically, we sent out a flyer for any Academy friends or family if they wanted to be a part of the short film. They could sign up and dress up like a zombie and walk around and act like a zombie. How many zombies was it? Our goal was 60. I want to say we got close to 50 people there. That's pretty good. Yeah, it it was interesting. Especially walking around, everyone's just acting like normal people, just in zombie makeup. It was was interesting. 
Yes, there's a very fun blooper reel of everyone just in their zombie attire doing normal people things like eating lunch. It's very enjoyable. So my next question for you too, and this is always a fun one to ask, is what was one funny moment you had while filming? Oh, okay. So back to Kira. There was the part where we were at the the shop with like all the turtles and the, you know, all the animals and things. And when we had to go outside and shoot that little scene we had, she was really, really excited to eat like the Pop-Tarts and all the little snacks we had in the bag. And apparently she never had a Pop-Tart before. Yeah, legend has it. She's still asking for Pop-Tarts now. Yes. I thought that was really funny because I've never seen a kid be so happy about a Pop-Tart. But yeah, that was that was cool. I don't understand the appeal about pop tarts, honestly. They're great. They are not. They're incredible. <laughs> zombie day. Some Academy juniors accidentally walked into shot while they were filming and didn't realize it. So they acted surprised and they're like, oh, wait, let's just do something. And they just went with it and started nagging at other people at the window. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. I want to say that made the cut in editing, but I don't remember for sure. It is another thing that is very fun to watch if you catch it. Mm-hmm. My next question for you, Alicia, it is your vocals throughout the yes. entire music video. Do you want to talk a little bit about how we got those? Yeah. Okay. So Ben asked me to record before there was even like a film being made or anything. I had to record the song Anyone by Demi Lovato. Um, that was so, I was so nervous because I've never actually recorded a song and I don't sing all the time. I can sing. I have sung, but it's not something I do a lot, especially in that kind of setting. It wasn't hard, though. I got the hang of it at some point. And when I listened back to it, it actually sounded pretty nice. So I'm excited to hear it again. I want to hear from both of you. What is one reason you think people should watch this music video? Because I'm in it. Exactly. (laughs) And Alicia's voice is great in it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I feel like the underlying message is pretty important. Aside from the fact that it just looks good and I'm in it and I'm singing and Brandon's in it. And yeah, it's just a good heartfelt music video. Angie is not here, but I feel like it's kind of obligated that I ask this question because it's been a staple. (laughs) And Lizzie is face palming. If you could replace all of the world's grass with anything, what would it be? All of the world's grass with anything I want? Yeah, a famous answer is mac and cheese tulips and hair. Why is that a famous <laughs> answer? I would not expect mac and cheese tulips. Because it's funny, so neither of us can forget it. Okay, if I had to replace grass with anything, I would replace it with like gold or diamonds, something shiny. The whole earth is just shiny all the time. I think you already know my answer. The color orange. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> so are you proposing orange grass? Or oranges? No, more like just a solid orange, you know? A solid orange. That is, no. So like pavement, but orange now, where grass would be? Yeah, kind of like that. What what does the color orange represent to you, Brandon? Warmth, change, sunset, stuff like that. I just think about pumpkins and Halloween all the time. You got to expand your mind. Orange is much better than that. Uh, Maybe, maybe. Yellow's better, though. Okay, that's a a stretch. L color. (laughs) If we're going to be, I guess, berating each other for color choice, Alicia, what's your favorite color then? Yellow. And let me tell you why. You said orange is all bright and, you know, whatever. 
yellow, it just represents like the sun. It's so pretty and it's bright and I feel like it makes you happy and lifts you up and it looks really good with my skin tone. So, but isn't yellow also a color for caution? True. But you can be, it's good to have caution. Sometimes you need caution. So good. Yellow, yellow is better than orange. Okay. But when you eat Starburst, do you eat the yellow ones first? I won't throw them away. Okay. Okay. But everybody eats like the red ones first. Oranges, they don't, nah, no, orange is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But mm-hmm. still, though, L color. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I love this conversation, but I'm going to pull us back on track a little bit to move away from talking about filming. I just want to talk about Academy in general with you, Mm -hmm. too, since you have now been here for almost two whole years. Right. I would love for both of you to talk about what is one really great learning experience you had. Mm. Academy really puts you out of your shell, you know? It tests your weaknesses and shows you them and lets you build upon them, I would say. Yeah. Maybe, like, teamwork. I really feel like for the time that we have been here, I've built, like, a little family Um, And I've learned how to work so much better with other people because I'm so used to being independent all the time. But sometimes you need people to be there to help you and stuff. And I feel like that's what we kind of are for each other. Those are both such sweet answers and very, very, very true. If there's been one common theme with every Academy alum we've talked to, it's that this is really a family. Yeah. And going off of that, sometimes families do dumb things. And they have fun that they're not supposed to have. Mm What is one just dumb, stupid, funny academy students did something they might not have been supposed to but had fun doing Ooh. moment? See, we do a lot. Yeah. A lot of things. I don't know. I think we're just extremely loud everywhere we go. When the whole academy group is together, we are very loud and we, you know, interrupt a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to put it in perspective, our freshman year, not freshman year, Our junior junior year, we are here at 7 in the morning, Mm -hmm. and all the kids who ride the school bus are dancing and singing at 7 in the morning as teenagers. Sharp. Dancing, singing, parading, everything. Let me tell you, every single time I'm trying to catch some sleep on the morning Mm -hmm. bus, and they just rapping about the random We have not changed at all. Not at all. Nope. Brandon, do you have one funny memory? Um, the only thing I can think of personally, it's not really like a bad thing. It's just a random thing. And that was when uh, Usainian used to be here. It was during Three Sisters, I think Dan, or not Dan, uh, Tom said, does anybody have any questions? And I asked, does anyone think Abraham Lincoln's hot? I mean, look at his cheekbones, you know? Typical Brandon. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Shout out to Yessie, by the way. Yeah. And we Tom. love you, Yessie and Tom. Love them very much. Yeah. A lot of good memories, but I just say we're, we're loud. That's it. <laughs> Moving on from that, I know y'all haven't gotten to be in as many shows here, but do you have a favorite show that you've worked on, been in, seen? Mm. I'm going to be biased for a moment. Not just because I was in it. Well, kind of because I was in it. But Rent. Rent will always be the show for me. I feel like we still talk about Rent today all the time. It was so much. That was the first time we ever did double casting. We got to meet so many of the seniors. Seniors got to meet the juniors. It was a lot happening, but it was so fun. I wish I could do it again because I really did love that show. Yeah. I would also have to go with Rent. It just had a lot of life lessons that you could apply to outside of high school. And I met some pretty good people, talked to them more, you know? Yeah. Made some friends that I feel like I'll be friends with for a while. Yeah. 
So I know we are starting to get close to needing to wrap up, but I love asking this every time, and that is, what is one word of advice that you want to give to incoming students for Academy and even the junior class? Ooh, okay. A word of advice? You go, Brandon. <laughs> Put you so, on the spot. I remember I saw on one of the Instagram stories for the Academy uh, three years ago, it was an advice to audition for every single show, and I think that really holds true because getting the most experience from each show can really help you. And also just to, like, say screw it every single time when you have to get on the stage. Just do what you need yeah. to do. Have fun. Yeah. Definitely have fun. But one thing I think is so important for the juniors, start thinking about college like now, because I wouldn't say we're struggling, but it's definitely harder because all of us are just now getting on our stuff. And the end of the year is right there and we're already about to leave. I would say just, you know, start considering everything college wise while you're a junior so you can kind of have time to enjoy yourself when you're a senior. And the nice thing is, is while those deadlines do come up a lot faster than anyone ever wants, mm -hmm. you have a whole team of adults here at Academy that yes. are more than ready to help you get it done. And also the seniors are great tools of advice. I know this class is about to leave, but mm -hmm. current juniors, when you're seniors, you'll find that you're often giving a lot of advice to the juniors. And it's a pretty good feeling to know that you're helping them. Yes, it's going to sound like a bunch of whatever right now, but please take into consideration what everybody is telling you because it is very true and very necessary. Yeah. Before we run out of time, the last question we always do is it's less of a question, more of a statement. You get to make your shameless self-plug. Any social media you want to put out there, a show you think everyone should go see you in, a project you're working on, say it now while you have the time. Um, Go support people. Yeah. And my Instagram, D-I-O. R C I A dot X O period. That's me. <laughs> and uh, my Instagram is Raul Tony underscore here. So, uh, you know, follow that if you want to see more orange. Follow me. Fantastic. <laughs> that is all the time we have for you, too. But thank you for joining me and putting up with my questions. Thank, thank you. You've been great. Now we will be talking to Deirdre and Adam about their two plays, Amazing Lemonade Girl and Horse Girls. Let's start off with you two sharing a bit about yourselves. Adam, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, I am a Cleveland local actor, director, artist. Um, I am from Worcester, Ohio, which is about an hour away from here in Chagrin. And um, started my theater life in middle school. Never looked back. Uh, did some college theater, do some work around the Cleveland area. Um, I was in Wild Party here at the Academy uh, last fall. And um, yeah, yeah, excited to be here. Hi, Sabrina. Thank you. Uh, my name is Deirdre, and I have directed a couple of Junior Play Festival shows. I think this would be my third, I believe. And, of course, The Wonderful Cripple of Man by Martin McDonough, who was in the Oscars last night a lot for Banshees of Inishirin. We did that here, too. I live about two minutes away. I live in Chagrin Falls. Both my kids go to the school here. And I've been an actor for a very long time. I'm not going to tell you how long. It will give away my age-ish. And I came over from Ireland when I was about 24 and have worked all over America ever since as an actor and sometimes director. And that's me so far. Why don't we start with having both of you explain the shows you are directing? So I'll pass back to Adam if you want to explain your play. Yes. For Junior Play Festival this year, I chose to direct The Amazing Lemonade Girl. It's a story about Alexandra Scott, who was a little girl who 
lived in the early 2000s, and she was diagnosed with cancer at a very early age. After that, went on to overcome a lot of the challenges of her diagnosis and had the idea that she wanted to start a lemonade stand, which she did with the help of her family. And um, then people heard about it. The idea kind of took off, and she started a lemonade stand foundation. And so it became a national thing that lots of people did and lots of people contribute to. So we'll be able to have people contribute to that through our show. And yeah, it's kind of just telling the story of, of her life and how that came to be. It's a, a very ensemble-driven piece. So our cast is moving a bunch of stuff around. It's very fast-paced, but also sincere because the story it's telling is a very one with a lot of heart. So yeah, it's an exciting show. Next, we're going to have Deirdre explain her show, and it's up to you if you want to put those spoilers in there or not. <laughs> so I have the privilege and honor of directing Horse Girls by Jenny Rachel Wiener, and it's an all-girl cast, very much an ensemble, like Lemonade, and probably a lot more brutal in terms of blood. We have quite a bit of blood and quite a bit of death on Mayhem and lots of girls behaving badly. And in fact, when I went to see Mean Girls at Chugin Falls High School this weekend, one of the lines was almost verbatim from Mean Girls into Horse Girls because it's really Horse Girls behaving badly. It's been really fun <laughs> doing this show and exploring the psyche that is a 12 and 13-year-old girl and having the actors remember what it was like to be 12 and 13 and how everything is so much bigger. Every reaction is bigger. It's always a matter of life and death, no matter what. And those cliques that you develop in your 12 and 13 and what happens if you don't have a clique. And so these girls magically find each other and their stables... I guess the climax of the show is when, well, one of the climaxes of the show is when they find out that their stables are being sold and their horses may be eaten or, worse even, ridden by other girls, not them. So because of that, it sets in motion uh, some dreadful things happen and people do die. But at the end, it all comes together in a beautiful Mariah Carey song and hopefully all the audience will sing along with her at the end as she wipes the blood off her face. That would be Ashley. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes <laughs> sense. And if you want to know more about the show, you could always find the script somewhere and read it or go find a local production. I think the biggest question I have for both of you is why did you pick your shows? Because they're both very unique. <laughs> so I know for me, one of the reasons I picked Amazing Lemonade Girl was because I knew it would facilitate the needs of the project really well for a junior play festival. Needing a lot of the students to be involved in as equal a manner as possible was something I thought was important. And so picking this show to allow the ensemble to build everything themselves, to find a lot of these moments themselves. We assigned some of the ensemble roles after the audition process with the um, through the rehearsal process. So um, I felt like that was really helpful and the script allowed for that. That part of it was really helpful. And then just needing the number of people that we had. We had a total of 10 people, and so finding something that allowed all of those people to be in a one-act play can be a challenge. Not a lot of people write for those specific requirements. So um, finding that, and then the bonus of it being a show that involved children, so they get to do work in that, and a show that has a lot of different characters, so the kids are interacting with reporters, with doctors, with parents, with all kinds of different things, so it gets people a chance to flex those different muscles and see what different characters they can come up with, different choices like that. So it's just a different kind of challenge that I wasn't sure if they would have experienced and definitely facilitated the challenge. 
I love that you turned this into as much of a learning experience as it could be, because that's what Academy is all about. Deirdre, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you picked your show? Sure, sure. And I cannot wait to see Lemonade, by the way. We don't get to see each other's work until it's actually in, you know, it's on stage and then it's two nights. You get two chances. So I can't wait to see um, them both nights. Why did I pick? Full disclosure, Dan Henrock gave me the play to read. And because every year when I've been asked to do this, I go into a panic about six months beforehand trying to find a play that has, you know, for cast normally between seven and ten students and where it's as equal as possible. And that, again, you know, to your point that it's a learning experience, that it's challenging. I think it's great when it's challenging, but it was really hard. And so Dan had me read this. And when I read the title, I'm like, eh, horse girls, I don't know. I don't know anything about horse girls. Do I have any interest? And then I read the play and I was howling with laughter reading the play. It was so good and so complete. I think it's a very good one-act play. It has um, great storytelling in it. And, uh, and then I started looking up this whole horse girl culture and I got really hooked on it and I thought it was really just an interesting something I knew nothing about and it reminded me if I were to compare it it's almost like theater students you know you're strange you're weird you're outside the circle you don't fit in and I thought this is exactly the same as a theater student so I know that the students will be able to relate to this and forming that what is so important is those group of friends and that that are like and um, that you can relate to and that will support you and help you. Although the case in this play, that doesn't quite happen. <laughs> but the idea is that they do find each other and they support each other. So that for me was wonderful. And I actually loved researching the play, as did um, the students. You know, they all researched. We, we did a full biography of each character. But they also had to describe and in great detail what their own horse looked like so that they each had their own unique horse. So we had a little bit of fun doing that as well. So, so yeah, I did the, the play found me. I didn't find the play, I have to admit. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that Dan gave it to me. Kind of leading on to this topic that we have going of you hope your students will learn from the shows they're in. Do you have any specific takeaways you want your students to have from the show they're doing or from Junior Play Festival as a whole? I think for, for Lemonade, one of the things that I hope people take away, because such a huge part of acting, of being an artist and performing, is the interviewer audition process. And so just being able to drop into something for 30 seconds and say, I'm going to fully live in this, this moment, this character, this beat, whatever it happens to be, and really committing to that and then moving on from it not cherishing it too much and thinking it's too special and wanting to exist in it forever, but being able to say, this is something that is full, something that is true, something that is real for me, and I'm going to commit to it 100%. And then I'm going to leave it and move on to the next thing and allow that to be the next thing that I dig into 100%. Because you get to do a full biography of your character, narrative, storytelling that is present in lots of theater and is really, really helpful because you have to be able to do all of that background to get all of that given circumstances, as they call it, or whatever you want to put on that. Um, but that's a really useful skill is having a full character that has their full life and you live in it for a full hour and a half or two hours of the show, and that's your show. Um, and then there's the other side of, and now you're the ensemble character. And so you've got to be a police officer at this second, and then you've got to be a doctor this second, and then you've got to be a train conductor this second. And how do you make all of those things different? How do you drop into those different lives entirely and 
make them just as true as the person that you're playing for a full two hours. So that's something that I hope that they can take away from this. Um, I've seen a lot of really, really promising work and really, really, um, really solid progress on that just through the month and a half, two months of rehearsal that we've had so far. So it seems like they are learning that and I hope they continue to take that with them. So what I would like the students, the cast, to take away from Junior Play Festival is, oh boy, um, a couple of things. Ensemble, how important ensemble work is. There is no small role. There absolutely never is. And once you go out into the professional world of acting, you know, I started off in really small roles in the National Theatre in Ireland where I had one line, then two, then the director noticed me and then I got like a paragraph. But I was noticed because I was listening and I was part of an ensemble and I showed up on time. I was punctual. All these things that, you know, as a young actor, that they're expected, it's expected of you and we do hold them to a high standard in rehearsals, which I think is wonderful. And, you know, for me, throughout our rehearsal process, I guess the biggest learning curve for the younger actors was to really listen to each other and really respond to each other and not play it for laughs. And if you're funny, that's great, but you're funny in a truthful way. So you are playing to your partner. Um, and I hope that they really take that away with them, that it's really about being in the moment and sharing those moments with each other on stage. And if the audience like it, great. If they don't like it, great too. It's okay. You've still done great work. I hope all the young actors were listening to that advice because that is great information and knowledge to have going into this world of theater. I would love to move on. I'm going to start with Deirdre on this one because it's a more individual question. This is, as you've mentioned, not your first show that you've directed at Academy, and I would love to know why you came back to do it again and again and again. <laughs> it's not my first rodeo. I got to put that in there because it's Horace Girls. I'm sorry. It's really corny. Uh, why do I come back? I love it. I love Junior Play Festival. I absolutely love it. I love spending, you know, two, two and a half months with young dedicated actors who are always phenomenal. I mean, every year they're just phenomenal. And I love creating work with very, you know, we don't have a whole lot of, this year actually we have more lighting and set and costumes than we've ever had before. But in the past, we've really created something out of nothing. So it's really, and, and Junior Play Festival is truly about the acting. It's truly about what the actors are doing on stage and great storytelling. And that, that excites me. Um, as an actor, as a director, it truly excites me to tell a good story in a small space with very little, um, you know, accoutrements with that. So that's why I keep coming back. And then for Adam, I would love to know why you came in the first place. And maybe do you plan to come back if you're invited? Yeah, uh, it has been a blast here so far. Um, I first got a taste of the Academy and the students working with Ben a few summers ago, I think summer of 2019, on um, Shadow of the Run and doing immersive theater in Bedford and got to meet some Academy students and, and work with some people and just see the quality of work, the standard that's set and the, the kind of, get a taste of what the kind of programming they're exposed to does for them, um, to see what talents they're able to bring into their other projects from the things that they get at the school. Um, so then when it came up that um, there might be other work here and that, um, that there might be a position available to, to be another director on Junior Play Festival, not only was I excited about 
the Academy because I know all these wonderful things. And I then found out Deirdre was directing the other show and I've only heard lovely, wonderful things about her. And so I was like, absolutely, I want to be in a room with more collaborators who are who are talented and respected and and very capable of doing it at a high level. So um so that was was big for me. And then in Wild Party I got to work with some of the juniors that are in my show and some of the ones that are in Deirdre's as well. So um getting to actually just work on stage and see how they work and see their processes and then be able to then step on the other side of the table and say, okay, now I'm gonna work with you on these. Now I'm going to adjust a little thing. Now I'm going to talk to you about that moment I saw three months ago in Wild Party that we can apply to this thing or tweak it. Um, so that was really exciting just to keep working with artists who are, like Deirdre was saying, so talented. And and really every one of them top to bottom has just a really impressive set of skills for people their age and experience level. And and that being said, with all of that, of, of course, if it came back again, I would I would love to to work with these people again, obviously a different class of people, but um, I've, I've seen that the standards saying the same, and 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 it's a, a really solid mission of this academy to to do that work. Continuing with that commentary on first shows, I would love to know for both of you: was there a learning curve when you started this process? I will say because it was my first time with JPF, definitely was. First of all, just getting adjusted to schedules, space, routine, and those things, but. Also, it's one of my earlier times directing, period. I've only directed a couple of shows before this and always at a student level where I was peers with the people I was directing simultaneously, either in high school or in college. And so being able to come in as a mentor, I'm eight years older than them, but <laughs> mentor of sorts and 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 guide from that way was was definitely different and learning what's your voice in that sense. How do you talk to people that way? They're... Not necessarily your friends, not friend, but friend shaped. Um, like, what? How do you how do you navigate that? So that was a little bit of a hurdle for me, just socially. And then the work is is the work. A show is a show, and it was it was once we got working and on our feet, it was really good. <laughs> but uh, just getting into it in the groove. I must say, I'm very glad to hear someone else say that they had that kind of shock on when you come in as a director the first time. Because last year, I directed my first show, so I was directing middle schoolers. And I definitely had that moment of, whoa, 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 whoa. How do I talk to these people? What is the right way to handle this? Because you're not so, so high above them, not so far above them in, in terms of age or experience level, but there is a gap there. And so it's respecting that and addressing it without ever condescending or speaking down to people and also honoring their experience and their knowledge. So, um, yeah, it's walking that line and, and figuring out where, where you live in every moment and knowing when you got to get a little tough about things and when it's just play because that's what theater ought to be, play. And Deirdre, do you want to talk a little bit about your first experience? Sure. Um, my first experience, yeah, it was, I mean, I'm sure it's similar to Adam's. It was, you know, a bit of a shock and um, I picked a very difficult play <laughs> and the postmortem, I, the students let me know that I picked a difficult play, which was very um, telling. And I learned a lot from it. It was really, I learned an awful lot. I, I picked the Riders to the Sea by J.M. Singh, which is considered one of the greatest one-act plays ever written. And I do think it's one of the greatest one-act plays, but it's also one of the most difficult in terms of language. So it was um, a huge challenge for the students, not only having to do an Irish accent, but to have to do it in a, it's almost... Martin McDonough makes fun of that speech now. In his, he's taken that and he's put that in his films. He's put that in his plays. 
Um, the idiom is very different. It's almost as if you were translating directly from the Irish language into English. So to learn the lines is really hard because unless you know the Irish language, like I grew up with it, it's easier for me to learn those lines. If you did not grow up with that language, they, it was really hard for them. They did an astounding job. I mean, astounding. I was so proud of them. And then we had to double cast because there was an issue with one of the actors. And I think people were upset over that too. Um, it worked out beautifully, worked out really well. Um, so everybody kind of actually got a really nice, nice role in it. But it's a short play. It's 20 minutes long. So we were finished with that play, I would say like maybe, <laughs> I would say a week before it was ready to go on. So I thought, okay, well, next time we should probably do something longer. Um, but I'm very glad I did. And I'll tell you why. When we went to do Cripple of Inishman, some of the actors were cast in that. Most of them actually were cast in it. And they had no problem with the language because they had spent two and a half months working on it. So that was really, I was very glad that I did it, but I, I can't not say that it wasn't a struggle and that it wasn't difficult, but I'm, I'm glad. Uh, you might ask the students and they may say otherwise, but that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> Can I just say one more thing, yeah. dovetailing off of what Adam had said? Um, because, and I saw him in the wild party, amazing. What I love about Junior Play Festival is I turn around and I get to see these students next year as seniors. And I love seeing the development. I mean, they just grow and grow and grow. And that to me is very exciting. I mean, I didn't recognize half the students in the wild party. They were just, it was unbelievable where they were last year and where they are now. So that's always very exciting to see. This is a question Deirdre might be able to speak on a little bit more, but I always love to ask if you had any funny little mishaps that happened in the process or just a moment you know you and the cast can look back on and laugh at. I don't know if it was really, yes, it was, I suppose it was funny. It was pretty gross when the first day they got to use the blood bag. So that was actually really exciting. The lead up to it was hysterical they were like when are we doing the blood when are we doing the blood when it's going to bash my head it's going to bash my head it was like you guys are getting way too much into um liking how much this is going to to uh, hurt you but yeah and it took quite a while and Abraham was fantastic actually there's an, a lot of violence in the show and I have to say they seem to really enjoy the violence more than um the beautiful moment at the end which you know the, the ending is very beautiful like for such a violent play it's totally earned and and she turns into the heroine at the end having been the bad guy right up until maybe 30 seconds before the end. So, yeah, I suppose the violence is something that they will all look back on and go, wasn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, for, for Lemonade, although the story of it with a little girl getting diagnosed with cancer and then, and then starting a lemonade stand, and, you know, uh, doesn't sound necessarily the most humorous or lending itself to, to humor. The way the story is meant to be told, because she's eight, six, seven years old throughout the whole thing, um, is, is rather playful and is, and is really silly. So there's, there's a lot of little moments we get during rehearsal where I'm like trying out a song for this transition and all of a sudden it turns into not rehearsal at all. And, um, <laughs> and it is very much just, oh, I know this song. Do you know this song? And then all of a sudden we're just like sharing songs and playlists and dancing and, um, and letting it devolve into, into play for a few minutes before we get back into things. And that was part of the process that I, I really enjoyed was when it devolved into just play because then in the moments where they're meant to be eight-year-olds playing on stage, I just get to see a little piece of rehearsal put on stage. Um, yeah, locking up those life moments and then just funneling them into the story that needs to be told. But um, 
we had uh, we have a surgery scene in the show where Alex is going through surgery, and I, throughout the process, have been trying to let them devise their own stuff to add to the show. Of I'm not necessarily going to say A B C stand on the X and deliver. Let's shape it out together and figure out what feels good for you guys and what you think is funny and what you like. Um, so during our, our surgery scene, we had a lot of people who were able to bring different tricks and, and things in and little dance moves. Um, for the young folks out there, we do widow-a-wee, gwitty, across the, um, the stage. It's, it's, it's quite nice. So um, yeah, that and some dance and some flips and stuff. So um, just in, in devising all of those things, there are lots of funny moments of like, oh, what if we did this? Or wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And half of it didn't end up in the show and the other half did. So <laughs> that's fun. I would love to know, for both of you, has there ever been something that a kid came up with that was fantastic, but for one reason or another, you had to say, absolutely not, can't put that in the show no matter how much I love it? I, I allow ad-libs until I don't allow ad-libs, only because there's a script, and I, I'm a, I was brought up to believe that the playwright is the playwright, and that's, those are the words that you use, not anybody else's words, so... Um, and I have a cast that love to ad-lib, and they're very good at it. <laughs> so in some of the scenes, I'm like, okay, that was wonderful. We cannot do that. But it was wonderful. But you can think it. You just can't see it. So I suppose that's, that's how we get rid of those, um, those moments that are fantastic. They're brilliant. They're still there. They're just not said. They're not vocalized. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for my show, the only things that didn't end up in there were things that just totally threw us a little bit off or like, yeah, we, we pivoted it to go into another moment of the show that was meant to be funnier, lighter part of it. Um, as opposed to where she's like having a lemonade stand or having a birthday party instead of she's in the hospital or in a, in a scene with a doctor or, um, something of that nature. So for example, in that surgery scene, I was talking about where we're doing all the flips and stuff. It's meant to be a little bit more playful. Um, and there were thoughts in our devising it that potentially we would bring our play foam swords in and act as if we were like stabbing into the table. And then maybe if we could get blood too, then blood could squirt on the white <laughs> bed sheet that we have covering the surgery table. And then that would create some kind of visual and then it would look cool. Um, so there were a few things like that that didn't end up going in because I was like, well, she's a baby and we have a lot of show to go. So we can't stab her. <laughs> And have lots of blood. <laughs> so the lesson of the story is all the high schoolers love a little violence and blood here and there? The academy, the academy kids like a little violence here and there. Um, maybe a little McBee coming in the, in the wings. But yeah, there's some... <laughs> they appreciate it at least. I love to ask this question. It's lovely to know what words of advice you both have for incoming students and the current juniors and seniors. This can be acting, theatrical advice, or just simply life advice. I would say for incoming juniors, fully commit and dive right in. Whether it's you're an academy kid or whether you're not or whatever it happens to be, you want to dive right into the thing so you know where you stand with it. Something that young people and young artists especially can do a lot because we want to be empathetic. We want to see things from all different sides. And we are storytellers, so we're used to hearing stories from all different sides. Is um, You want to play the middle. You don't want to go too far to one thing, too far to the other thing, because then you're stuck in that thing only. And I think there, there is something to fully committing to something and saying, if it's academy, if it's whatever other program, sport, activity you might be into, 
leaning into it a little bit and letting yourself obsess for a little bit. Maybe not make it your whole life, but you know, let yourself really be into something so that way you can find out if that's you. If really being into that thing is you or if that's just something you kind of like because that's a really useful thing to know. And that can change as you go through life. What you figure out going into junior year might not be the same when you're me at 24, but um, that's a really useful thing to know is I gave it my all and it's not me. Or I gave it my all and it totally is me and I want to keep that going. And seniors just don't get too caught up with college stuff. Um, Get it done, hit your deadlines so that way you can just be in your senior year of high school and living that because it only happens the one time and everyone says it. But, you know, it really only does. And you're walking around with the people you've known most of your life and getting too caught up in the next steps that you don't appreciate the one you're in, not it. Also, neglecting the next step to only just live your life, not it. So hit your deadlines for college stuff so that way you can just live your life. We love the full circle moment because the seniors who are just in here both talked about hitting your college deadlines, but also not stressing too much on them. So I guess that's a big theme for all our high schoolers to look out for. Deirdre, do you have any advice to give? Um, oh, I don't know if it's advice more than an observation. For the juniors, I would say uh, what I've noticed when the juniors come in to the academy is everyone's at different levels when they come in. So you have somebody who's been doing theater for, you know, since they were four. And then you have somebody who just decided I'm going to do theater last year or the year before. And it can be very intimidating. And I would say to the juniors that you will find your place here. You'll find your niche. You will find your voice. You will definitely find your voice here. And that Junior Play Festival for me is about that as well as for them finding. Um, it's the first time they go in front of an audience. And what I love seeing is the student that was the shy person in the back who had never performed before. By the time they're in the senior class, they're performing and they have confidence they have confidence they can stand in front of an audience. So I would say don't be afraid of that. And it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have a voice coach, an acting coach, et cetera, et cetera. You will find your voice. Um, I didn't start, you know, I didn't go to acting school until I was 22. And I had acted all through college, but it wasn't an acting course. Now I happened to work with really good people in college. But besides that, I went and I wasn't highly trained um, and I guess that that would be my advice to just not worry about that. And that kind of feeds into the senior thing as well. You know, acting schools aren't, they're not looking for perfection. They're looking for someone that they can mold and to, to their program and who is open, right? And that they haven't decided who they are yet. So it's okay to not know who you are when you're a senior. Um, and, you know, and the other thing I would, just in terms of advice, I would say if you're a senior and you are serious about being an actor, Work on your monologues over the summer. Don't come in and think, oh, I got to do monologue. Do it over the summer. Take that pressure off yourself. Do one a week or do one every two weeks. And then, wow, look at that. You have like eight monologues ready to go to work on by the time you come back in the fall. To finish up, we always open up a place for you to make a shameless self-plug. That is anything you want to tell people to go see, social media, whatever. You're given the time, so spill. Well, I'll use the first half of my time to um, speak a little bit more on my JPF show. Um, For The Amazing Lemonade Girl, we have our own event on alexslemonade.org, which is the website set up by the foundation to raise money for all kinds of cancer research. So um, if you want to donate through our 
shows event. The code for that is VFE32601. And you can just rewind the podcast and listen to that again because I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> you missed it, you missed it. Uh, and so you can go in and, and donate to our show and that will uh, show on their website that our show has um, raised some more money and, um, and that would be really helpful for, for all the cancer research things. And in a selfish plug sense, uh, I am performing in Great Lakes Theaters As You Like It at Playhouse Square um, coming up at the end of this month and early next month. So if you're in downtown Cleveland with nothing to do, Come on by. Or Idaho. <laughs> Aren't you going to Or Idaho, Idaho yes. If you happen to be in Boise, Idaho in <laughs> yeah. June, you yeah, can also you know. stop by and see me then. You know, I'll, I'll treat you to some dinner or something. I think it's lovely. Abraham is, is in As You Like It at Great Lakes, and I was in As You Like It at Great Lakes like 14 years ago. So it's just fabulous. Um, I don't have anything to plug for the show because we are not collecting for cancer. So um, if you liked Horse Girls, please give to Lemonade. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, in terms of plugging, I will be doing a show at None Too Fragile, April 8th opening. A wonderful Irish, terribly moving, sad, gorgeous, beautiful play called Faith Healer by Brian Friel. And that will run the entire month of April. And then followed hot on its heels, maybe a bit too hot for me, is Doubt at Beck Centre. And um, website is www.nontofragile.com. And that Beck Center is, I believe, www.beckcenter.com, I think. Just Google it. <laughs> Just Google Beck Center and yeah. it'll come up. Yes, and there are $10 smart seats that students can get for Beck Center because I know those tickets are pretty pricey. So, you know, book those in your family. And the nuns. Bring lots of nuns with you. It's about, you know. Fill the audience of doubt with nuns. nuns. It's a, yes, I play a mother superior in it. Oh, no, As my friend in Ireland, my mentor. <laughs> I don't. I feel similarly. <laughs> I went through school with nuns, but my friend in Ireland, when I told her I was cast, she said typecast. I'm like that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> I am so not mother superior, but anyway, there you go. It's okay. My mom said the same thing when I was cast as Burrs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay, so that is all the time we have for questions today. But thank you for spending time with me answering these questions. It was lovely to get to pick your brains and get a little information. Thank, thank you. you, Sabrina. And look at you. Look at you running a podcast. I mean, really, that's fabulous. Well done. Brilliant. Thank you to everyone for letting me pick their brains, get to talk to them. It was wonderful getting to get all this information. Thank you again for joining me. And don't forget to join us again where we will talk to some past tech students to get a scoop on all things backstage. And you should also keep an eye out for tickets to see the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which will be opening May 3rd. Thanks for coming to our tech talks. Bye.